Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio um, uh, with me, Joe Moffat. I'm today's host. And for those of you who are new to the show, a little bit about who Engage for Success are. Um, we are a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. If you'd like to find out more, and also you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, then do visit us at engageforsuccess.org. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Joe Moffat. I'm one of the regular hosts. We have a panel of three um, hosts who share hosting duties for the radio show. Um, and as, as with everyone at Engage for Success, we're all volunteers and we all have uh, day jobs. And, um, my day job is to be managing director and founder of Woodread, uh, which is a specialist creative agency where we use the tools, the techniques, and the insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create great places to work, high-performing cultures of engaged employees. And of course, internal communication is very much the glue to that kind of a culture. So um, today's topic um, is very close to my heart, and uh, I'm very pleased to welcome to radio show number 502 um, on the topic of be becoming better communicators through regular visibility. Uh, this week's special guest, David Manning, who is Senior Internal Communications Manager at Curry's. Uh, so David has been leading internal communications and employee engagement in large, complex organizations for over 17 years. He has a very creative and inclusive approach, and, and uh, he's a real um, uh, a commercial thinker, and it is that that's really helped him shape and transform employee communication, employee experience, and advocacy in organizations, including his current role at Curry's, and when I last saw him um, at the BBC. Uh, so David and I um, have known each other for some years. We've shared various conference uh, and event stages over those years, haven't we, David? So very, uh, we a very warm welcome to Engage for Success Radio. Good to have you. That's with great us. Time. It's it's a pleasure to be here, Joe. Thank you for inviting me. Well, no, it's, I know you've got a lot to say on this topic, and um, we'll talk a little bit um, towards the end of the show as well about our upcoming Engage for Success uh, national event as well, which we're very pleased to have you part of. But um, before we get into the meat of today, just, just tell us a little bit. I gave us a, a, a very brief, uh, a brief bio to you, but tell us a little bit about yourself and perhaps some of your more recent roles. Sure, no problem. Um, well, I'm, I'm very proud to say that I've had quite a wonderfully squiggly career. Um, <laughs> uh, and we've met on a number of occasions, both uh, professionally and, as you say, on the circuit. But uh, I, I started uh, many moons ago in, in marketing and uh, PR. I've worked in commercial radio and in live events and theatre. But, um, but all of those have had a sort of a common theme, if you like, and that's been engagement and storytelling. That's something that's run through the heart of them. I sort of fell into uh, internal communications and, and fell in love with it, really, connecting people to a mission and a, and a vision and story. Um, and that was, as you say, 17 years ago. And I've been creating uh, communications and 
uh, and engagement activities ever since. And you mentioned a couple of, um, uh, of companies I've worked for there, BBC um, and, uh, and Travis Perkins, Associated British Foods as well. Um, but I, uh, I currently lead internal comms projects and campaigns for Curry's, uh, obviously the high tech, uh, high street uh, tech retailer. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, and wonderful it is too. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Good, excellent. And you know, I didn't know until you told me what you've just told us that uh, that you started out in commercial radio. So I'm feeling that maybe we should I swap seats here then. David. <laughs> Um, not behind the microphone, it was very much in production and, and things as well, but um, the art of storytelling is very much alive in, in commercial radio and in radio in general. It's, it's a medium absolutely. that I'm absolutely passionate about. Yeah, it's a very powerful media, isn't it? And um, very powerful medium, rather. And it's, it's really interesting. I mean, we're, we're 502 shows into Engage for Success Radio, and, and that's over 10 years, or, or coming, coming up to 10 years. And uh, in our tenth year, I think, if we're if we're to be precise about it, and um, you know that was very much when podcasts were were going to be the next big thing, and then they weren't. Then they weren't, and we kind of started it, and we kept going, and we've kept going, and now, of course, podcasts are are everywhere, aren't they? So um, they I feel that we've sort of blazed a trail, yeah. really, for that. So. Okay, lovely. Well, look, I think um, we're going to be talking about how becoming better communicators, how leaders can become can become better communicators through regular visibility. And I think I'd like to sort of, as context for that, just remind our listeners of what we call the enablers of engagement at Engage for Success. So the, in the original Engage for Success report, in, Engaging for Success, David McLeod and Nita Clark identified what they call the four enablers of engagement. And regular listeners to our show and visitors to our website will be very familiar with those. And they are um, they're not, not a kind of one size fits all, but they're a very useful lens to use because they were four traits, if you like, that organizations with highly engaged workforces, um, high performing cultures share. And the first of those enablers, enabler one, um, is to have visible, empowering leadership, providing a strong strategic narrative, in other words, the storytelling, um, about the organization, where it's come from and where it's going. In other words, a visible purpose or mission as to why we're here, why I'm getting out of bed um, in the morning and coming to work. So I think that really sets the context, doesn't it, for for what we're going to be talking about for the next half hour. So why why do you think, um, well, I suppose my first question to you, if that is our enabler of engagement, visible, empowering leaders, is that something that you have seen in your own practice over the last 17 years? Do, do you think that leaders need to be visible and empowering? And if, if so, um, can you tell us a little bit about when you've seen that really have a, an impact on how an organisation performs? Sure. Well, uh, absolutely. Uh, I think it's, it's a fundamental part of, uh, of leadership being um, as you say, visible and, and empowering. I think um, where I've seen it work best, it sort of fosters this culture of trust. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, it enables collaboration as well, um, and certainly sort of two-way communication. Um, for me, it really starts at the top, though, and I've worked with some CEOs who have been brilliant, um, uh, brilliantly visible and brilliant communicators as well. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Cooper, who was uh, a CEO I worked with at Travis Perkins, was a brilliant orator. I mean, he was superb. Um, 
And uh, so working with people like him, you, you get to see the benefits and, and uh, the impact that it has on an organization. And of course, a CEO is ultimately responsible for establishing and maintaining that, that vision and the purpose, priorities and, and strategy. And, and the way that they lead, like Jeff did, um, directly influences how uh, the, the colleagues feel about the organization they work for. And you see that listed in the employee engagement surveys and people feel motivated, they feel more inspired to help the organization succeed. And, and I think when you put a visibility plan in place with, with leaders and, and colleagues see their leader regularly, either personally or I think more, more nowadays it's, it's quite often interactively online. Um, and that lead, if that leader is authentic as well and engaging, it really creates a positive culture that, that sort of tumbles down and almost gives permission for other leaders to follow that. Um, mm. So I, I really do think it, it, it starts uh, at the top. One organisation I work for, um, I, won't, I won't name it, but uh, the colleague survey results were, were, were showed really low confidence in leadership uh, and, uh, and the strategy. Um, and so I was brought in, I was pulling together the internal communications strategy and I was doing some listening sessions. Um, and it was really clear from those that there was almost no visibility of the leadership. There were very few communications, hardly anybody who knew who the, who the top team were. Um, but we put a clear and really simple visibility plan in place. Um, that allowed regular opportunities for leaders to engage with colleagues, nothing out of their comfort zone, but just uh, something that, that they could be heard and, and they could hear as well, it's two-way. Um, and we saw what engagement soared. It soared by, if I remember rightly, around 11% in 15 months. Right. And, um, and the, uh, the increase in leadership confidence is also double-digit, if I recall. And it had, really does have a, a, an impact. Now, I'm not saying it was plain sailing um, and it was, uh, it was a challenge. Uh, we had mm -hmm. to really build a case um, and a solid narrative. Uh, so there's quite a lot of work to do, a lot of hand-holding as well. But it just shows the impact that regular visibility can have. Really. Yeah. Interesting. I was going to ask you, because you mentioned just before you started to tell that story, you used the phrase visibility plan. Um, do you see that as, as something something you actually have to do very intentionally um, and consider that? How do you go about ensuring your leaders are visible rather than just thinking, oh, well, it'll kind of, it'll just sort of happen by itself? Yeah, I do. I think you, you definitely need to plan it. I think you need to, as an internal communicator, I always find it helpful to, to talk in their language. And I think any internal communicator listening Will, will identify with that. If you understand the business priorities um, for, the, for, for the leadership team and, uh, and you can sort of create a simple narrative to support that, um, you can then demonstrate how internal comms can help them deliver that and the value that it's going to bring. Because I know it's been said a million times by loads of other far, far uh, uh, better people than I in, in internal communications that leaders don't, don't really engage with internal communications they, it's not on on their radar um what they do like is how it can help them and uh, and i think that's where we have to shift the dial in terms of our approach and that's why building this case and 
and, and showing, demonstrating that you understand the business priorities, and then putting a plan together that can they can actually see that working, uh, whether it's you know one to a few listening sessions or uh, walk the floor or whatever it might be, they can start to to feel the benefit themselves. So having a yeah. having a plan in place that you can measure the impact of um, uh, it, it certainly helps and, and helps. Always, to always important to have be able to put that measurement in as well, isn't it? Interesting. Mm. You were saying, I think you said at the beginning that you started out in in, in marketing and um, mm. external comms, and of course, yeah. um, as as did I. Um, and you know, when you're thinking about any kind of external communication campaign or advertising campaign or marketing campaign, you always start with the audience, and you always you always need to be thinking, what's in it for me as far as the audience is concerned you know you need to address that what's in it for me button for them and I, and and really what you've just described um is, is doing exactly that for the leaders when you said they don't really engage with internal comms as a function necessarily um you have to persuade them of the value of doing this for them in other words their what's in it for me button absolutely i, I absolutely agree and uh, and it it's giving them, of course, giving them the tools to help them, but also it's 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 working from the audience. Always start with the audience. Um, mm. uh, there's a, uh, uh, there's a, not that I'm promoting, but there's a brilliant book um, called Better Internal Communication by Leslie Allman, who um, uh, talks about the ABC model, and that A stands for audiences. We always start with audiences. And if we go back to our marketing days, as you suggested, you know, we always start with the audience and, and it's relaying to those leaders how employees are feeling and the challenges that they're currently experiencing. So whatever we're communicating and the narrative that we have hits the mark. It, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel alien to them. It, they get it and it, it's understood and it's, it's appreciated by all. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I wonder if this question would be a bit of a chicken in the egg question for you, David. So do successful CEOs, or sorry, do, do people who are uh, visible and empowering in their day-to-day work become CEOs and become CEOs, or do CEOs who are successful learn to become visible and empowering? You know, which, which, which kind of comes first? <laughs> well, you threw that one my way, didn't you? Um, <laughs> I, I think- I think if I'm honest, it's, it's, it's a mix of both. It very much depends on their personality. Um, and I think, uh, I think where, where leaders struggle a little bit, I think there's sort of three areas that, that depending on their style of, um, of management. If, if they've got a sort of a traditional top-down management style that's ingrained in how they lead, I think it could be a challenge for them to shift to more sort of collaborative working. So therefore they may well um, struggle to, to see the sort of engagement success that they perhaps want, but that doesn't mean to say that they won't be a great leader. No. Um, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but for others, it's, it's sort of personal insecurities. And sometimes I'm not saying that it's, it, it's, uh, um, a big thing is sometimes usually confidence more than anything else, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, leaders find that they they're not used to it. They're being promoted for other reasons. They're brilliant mm-hmm. operators, or, or they're fantastic at finance, but not necessarily um, good communicators. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've got a, a, a great story 
about that actually about a um, uh, a, a, a leader. It wasn't a CEO, but it was a, a leader who was particularly resistant to doing any form of communication. I remember okay. um, a leadership visibility plan, and and I still have the email um, response that he that he he sent me, um, and he said, "I don't do comms." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so I, obviously I saw this as an invitation and I worked with him to overcome uh, the insecurities and, and the, the confidence and, and the nervousness and, and to build his skills. Um, and it's, that's really all it was. He's now really complete convert and setting up his own listening sessions and things like that. So I think it, it's not that you can't um, coach leaders. Uh, to be better communicators, some are better, always going to be better than others, but it's knowing how far they can stretch themselves or want to stretch themselves or are willing to stretch themselves. Mm. But fundamental to that, going back to what you were saying at the beginning, is that um, if you're struggling to convince or you're looking, you're having to work with a leader for whom some of these things don't necessarily come that naturally, um, a very good place to begin is actually to is to actually spell out for them why embracing this approach will be good for them in, yeah, in, personally absolutely. as yeah. well as the organisational success that they will see as a result. That's right. And I think one of the other excuses that comes up more often than not is time. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to do it. And, and of course, they're incredibly time poor. Um, there's so many other business priorities they need to focus on. But as internal communicators, and, and one of the reasons we put that plan in place is, is to uh, make it easy for them so they can fit mm -hmm. engagement in with their other priorities and it doesn't feel like a chore. It feels just part of their job. Yeah, so you, you, you think about visibility as, a, as an aspect of other things that are going on is how do we make yeah. this visible yeah rather than visibility is an extra thing that you have to do yeah Absolutely. okay and and the other thing that i wanted to turn to now um is this is the story is telling the story because you you, mm. you know talking about a visibility plan that's kind of almost um with what, what we might call a communications plan or a media plan and the visibility yeah. is the is the is, is how they present themselves through that and make themselves visible but first of all you've got to be clear about what you're actually going to be saying and what mm -hmm. your story is and you you talked about shaping the story and telling the story and um we I talked about it in the first in defining that first enabler a strong strategic narrative about the organization where it's come from and where it's going so in your experience do internal communication practitioners need to shape the leader's story for them or do you do you is it best to leave them to do it themselves or, or what you know what what's the best approach in your view I think it very much depends who you're working with if they're mm -hmm. confident communicators they may want to direct the, the way that they say it or, or shape the narrative but I think it it's something that we can help leaders with. But above anything, it needs to be authentic and it needs to be in their own voice. And only they know how they would say it. So, you know, as much as we'd like to write it for them, I think there's, there's a, a case for saying, look, we really need you to input into your style. Is this how you would say it? Um, because at the end of the day, you know, uh, the closer they are to, to the narrative and the closer it is to their own voice and their way of telling a story, 
um, the more they'll be able to recall it and repeat it. Um, because if, if it isn't in their tone of voice or it isn't in the way that they would naturally speak, they're going to find it hard to remember, especially with the, we just mentioned it, the million and one other business priorities they've got on. So we need to make it really, really, really easy for them. Um, so, uh, so I think it's a combination of both. You need to sort of judge and depend uh, on their experience and how confident they are as communicators. Um, mm. But even if they are a confident communicator, sometimes they need a bit of a, a steer and say, well, actually, I think we, we could say it like this, or this links better to our vision and, and business priorities. We could talk about it in this way. Um, but telling stories and, and, uh, and, and sharing their experience and making it personable, uh, that's how they can become more authentic. Uh, and, and that's how they can engage better. And, and so, yeah, we, authenticity is a, is, a, is a key thing, isn't it? Um, the trust, uh, which, you tackled, which you talked about at the, at the start, really, that this all helps to build trust. Um, um, authenticity, it, it, do, again, I suppose there's a degree of different personal characters and um, personal qualities that make it easier for some people to be authentic than others and some people to put that personal element on their story and know that actually it's okay to tell their personal story and others who might feel that that personal aspect of the story isn't something that they feel comfortable exposing to, to colleagues and their workforce. Do you, do you come up against that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, it, it, again, it comes down to, to confidence and um, some, sometimes with the people that I've worked with, it depends on the area of the business they come from. Um, so, for uh, example, in the creative world, um, there's quite a lot of extroverts. Um, so they're quite happy talking about uh, um, their, their life and their experiences, etc. Whereas traditionally, I'm not saying this is in every organization, but Traditionally, in sort of areas like finance and, and IT, they're a little bit more introverted and, and perhaps um, not so confident about sharing things that are, aren't uh, black and white and aren't, mm. aren't, uh, um, uh, are, are about themselves. But that said, I think, I'm not saying this is the same across all organisations, but I think we saw a real shift in that during the pandemic. And I remember... Um, uh, that as many communicators will, whether they want to happily or want to with a don't want to go there again. But um, I remember uh, one of the leaders I was working with at the time. Um, we were looking to do our, our first sort of broadcasting or engagement uh, with with colleagues, uh, having shifted to sort of home working. Mm -hmm. And he was insistent. I want to do it from the office. I want to do it from the office. Um, but actually, we, we, we chatted it through and eventually he, he came to do it from home. And that really was the, the, the shift change that we needed for him to be able to, be, to come over as, as human, as authentic, as empathetic. Because, uh, and we had some fun with it as well, which I'll tell you about in a second. But um, it, it felt more human because he was broadcasting from home or mm. in, from home. Um, and he, uh, the, the fun bit was that he had a shelf behind him. Um, and for a bit of fun, we used to keep moving things around the shelf every broadcast to see if anybody noticed. And, and that was a bit of uh, fun. But it, it, it just made him a little bit more human. And they'd never really had that sort of interaction with him before. Yeah, um, I did but, yeah, notice, yeah. David. David. <laughs> 
<laughs> they, or they did notice, absolutely. And um, uh, yes, and when new things went on there or new pictures went on there, people would comment, which was which was great. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and a great way for him to bring out his personality, for him to relax a little bit more uh, when he was communicating. But, you know, you talked about authenticity and that, that comes from being approachable and, and relatable and sharing those personal stories. Or, or if, if they're not comfortable sharing personal stories, then relaying stories that support the narrative or um, some of the business successes or achievements and things like that and the priorities. Um, yes. So but I think I think it's important to get to a point with a leader where they be, they're not dependent on the narrative. They're, they can talk and respond unscripted so they can be a little bit more gen, genuine uh, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I think if they're actively listening to, to colleagues and responding in that way, that creates, that builds that trust and, and, and confidence uh, in employees that, that their leader is the right one, they're going in the right direction, they really want to work yeah. for them. Yeah, I... I, I... Listening to you talking, I remember that quote that many, I'm sure you'll have seen, many of our listeners will be familiar with, that clip of Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister, when she was doing, a, again, back in the pandemic period, when she was doing a a Facebook Live talking about the situation in New Zealand and her her toddler um, interrupted and wanted her to go and put her to bed. Do you you remember that? Mm. And that, that really brings out the human side. And, and who could forget that, that clip that was regularly shown on the BBC about the, the child interrupting. Oh, yeah. It was a news conversation and the, the, the nanny running in. Um, but, uh, but again, you know, we, we laugh at those things, but it actually makes it more human and more relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Interesting. I, I suppose, I mean, I, you know, I totally agree with everything you're saying and, and knowing how important it really is but there's a there's a tension there though isn't there sometimes between giving people free reign to be authentic and genuine and true to themselves and giving allowing people to interpret and and tell the story in their own words and ensuring that people stay on message you know and we we talked at the beginning about the importance of trust and trust is a really really important thing um, and trust comes from consistency consistency of tone of voice consistency of message how do you how do you strike that balance do you think David between making sure that an audience gets a consistent experience of what is being said but at the same time allowing a leadership team perhaps to present things in their own personal style I think it comes back to that, that narrative and how you shape the narrative. Um, and, uh, you know, if you've got the key points of the narrative and people want to tell it in a particular way or have a story that they can um, bring it to life for people that's personal to them, a personal story that they can, they can share, I think that's great. But I think if you all roads lead back to the vision and the, the business priorities and the values um, and you can sort of bring those to, to life, how you bring those to life, I think, um, is, is is open for for leaders to uh, to interpret themselves and to, to bring okay, those. So there's a golden to, there's a golden thread, if you like, running through it. Through it. And I think that once that's agreed and understood, I think yeah, you can mm. you can take it. Lovely. You can, you okay. Can take it yeah. 
Do, these these shows always fly by, and the regular yes, listeners will always hear me say, "I can't believe how much we you know we've nearly run out of time, but we really nearly have. We've got a couple of minutes left." Um, sure. If there was one thing that you would like to say from your experience, and you you know you've worked in a breadth of organisations and 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 done you know, a variety of things, but the core the core golden thread for you is that leaders need to be visible, and by in so doing, they will become better communicators. If there was if there was one thing that you wanted to say to listeners to sort of help them if they're struggling to make that happen what would it what would it be if i'm honest i i, I gave you some thought joe and I, I think if i'm honest um i'll go back to what i said about being clear on the business objectives because mm-hmm. that's the world that leaders can engage with so be clear on the business objectives and the challenges that leaders want to overcome it could be engagement, productivity, retention. And, and then you can demonstrate how internal comms can help address these by uh, them becoming regularly visible and talking about them and listening, etc. I think the more evidence you can provide up front and being clear on the support you can offer leaders uh, mm-hmm. and the potential outcomes obviously they can have as well, I think the more likely they are to make it a priority. But um, above anything, and those that know me, um, know that I'm a very patient person, but I'm also Mr. Positive as well. I think you need to remain um, uh, patient and, and very positive because uh, uh, these things take time. They, you know, Rome wasn't built, built in a day. It takes time mm. to take that leader with you. And, and recognising that they perhaps their start points are not necessarily the same for them all. And they they won't be the Okay, that's lovely. Excellent. David um, David Manning, uh, Senior Internal Communications Manager at Curry's, thank you for joining us. Um, and if you've enjoyed hearing David's um, words of wisdom on this topic, um, can I just give you a date for the diary, which is um, September the 15th, Friday, September the 15th, which is the date of our next Engage with Success virtual event. And we're going to be exploring the topic of that first enabler. Um, and we're not only having a keynote presentation by Peter Cheese, who's going to be talking about the enabler more broadly, um, the importance of visible, empowering leadership, providing a strong strategic narrative about the organization where it's come from. But we're then going to have, a, a following that, an in-conversation session, which David is going to be joining, um, along with another um, former radio show guest, Sam Blessard from Fortnum and Masons, um, and also um, one of my um, co-engaged colleagues, Charlotte Dahl. And the three of them are going to be in conversation about storytelling specifically. Um, and then we're going to close with a panel discussion on the topic. And David's going to be part of that. So um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, September the 15th in your diary because he'll be back for that. Uh, so thank you, David, for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Engage with Success Radio. And don't forget you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. Just visit engagewithsuccess.org. And if you want to get involved in the, in the movement, um, you can do so there as well. And keep your eyes peeled for details of that September the 15th event. So thank you very much for listening and bye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.